Here in Victoria, we have been through a long time under a state of emergency. They're traditionally meant to be used for a short period to deal with something. Uh, and here we are coming up to, oh, David, what are we on now? 300 and something days? We're a yeah, year close, in. Well, it's a year in, as of the 16th of March, I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, and the prevailing narrative has been, of course, we need that because COVID-19 continues to ravage other parts of the world, not so much Australia, but the idea is we want to keep Australia safe from what's happening in the UK and so on. Well, for a long time, people are saying, is there another way? The government says, no, there isn't. And I've been determined to find someone who can talk to me about another way, because I think there is. Some of us are calling for custom legisl legislation to be created, uh, and some of us are calling for some very uh, common sense amendments to be made that the LDP, and that's why I'm sitting next to David Limbrick. And we're hoping today we can explain a bit about how bills work, David, how amendments work, and a bit about what the um, LDP is going to do about this state of emergency in a couple of weeks. So come on, teach us. What is the bills and amendments process for everyone out there? Okay, so in Victoria, we have uh, two houses of parliament. So we have the lower house, which is the legislative assembly, and the, we have the upper house, which is the legislative council. Which, which is I'm, where you are. Which is where I am. And so the lower house has 88 members and is controlled by the government. So pretty much whatever the government wants to do there, they can do. Because you only have to get a 50% vote, right? Yeah, yep. from, for most bills, yeah. Yep. And then for the upper house, um, there's 40 members there. Mm. Uh, government doesn't have a majority, so they need the support of either the opposition or... Uh, a number of crossbenchers. So uh, that's an interesting point. So if you have the Libs side with Labor in the upper house, it's over. It's done. The crossbenchers yep. are irrelevant. But yep. it's when the Libs go against Labor, then they really need you and the others. Yeah. So there's there's currently 12 crossbenchers in the upper house. So mm. very large group of crossbenchers, quite diverse. Uh, mm. A couple of independents. Uh, one of those was used to be a Labor member, Adam Somurek, but mm. he resigned from the Labor Party, but he's still... He has uh, a vote. Still has a vote, but he's not using it. He's said that um, he he's under investigation at the moment, and he doesn't want to go into parliament and vote until that's over. So, effectively, there were one person down in mm. parliament because of that. Um, yeah, but the way it works with the bills is, uh, if they pass the lower house, they come to the upper house, and then we go through a series of uh, debates. So the first one mm. is called the second reading debate, and that's when everyone gets up and gives a speech about the bill, declares their views on it, and then it will go to a vote on a second reading vote. Then that doesn't mean the bill passes, though. That means it goes to the next stage. The next stage is called uh, Committee of the Whole. So we've had a vote already after the second reading speech. Okay, what's Committee of the Whole? Yeah, so after your second reading speeches, you do a vote, and then you have Committee of the Whole. And then what committee is is where um, the minister comes down to the table in Parliament and then any members in the chamber can ask questions about the bill and they go through it clause by clause by clause. And this is very, very important um, because it allows some deep scrutiny of what the government is doing in the bill. Uh, it allows unlimited number of questions. But the answers from the government are go into Hansard, like everything in Parliament, yeah. but if there is a future legal case, that yes. can be referred to to determine the intent yes. of the legislation. Yes. So if there's, so it's very useful for clarifying things that people are unsure about, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so go through it stage by stage. Now, another thing that can happen during that committee stage is um, people can put forward, anyone in the chamber can put forward what's called an amendment. Yeah. And what an amendment is, is changing something about the bill. Yeah. So they're, they're saying, well, 
uh, I want to change this part of the bill. Sometimes that will be done by the government itself. Why would, uh, they, why would they amend in the committee stage? Yeah, so sometimes uh, it might have taken a period of time to come from the lower house to mm -hmm. the upper house mm -hmm. and they want to change the implementation date. So they might do an implementation, sure. they might do an amendment for that. That's fairly common. Um, they might have discovered an error and yeah. they want to change it. So the government might do that. Or they might have had feedback in some cases or political pressure to change something. Right. And so they'll, they'll amend it in the upper house. But also uh, crossbenchers and the opposition can also put forward amendments. Uh, and are they voted on, those each amendment? Yep, so yeah. each amendment would be voted on. Yep. And if it passes, if an amendment passes, then the bill has to go back to the lower house oh, for I approval. See. Okay. Um, yeah, so it does delay the introduction of the bill a bit as well because the lower house would have to agree to those amendments as well. Yeah, but when you say delays, we've heard of people rushing things through. Yeah. How, so you just described the, what do you call it? The comment, the, the committee, committee of the whole. Committee of the whole. How much can they short circuit the second reading debates and the committee of the whole and just slam it through in a day? Is that possible? So in the upper house, we don't have what they call a guillotine mechanism. In the lower house, they do. Oh. So um, basically, it just cuts off debate at a certain time, and then they're forced to vote on everything. Okay. Um, in the upper house, we don't have that. So you could filibuster and debate for six days. That's possible. You could. Um, there is a mechanism to shut down uh, debate and force a uh, force a motion to be put, to be voted on. Right. Um, so if six members stand up yeah. in the House, then that will end debate on whatever you're talking about and force a vote. That is a guillotine. Yeah, so that. if six members decide to do that, then they can force it through. It's very rarely used. I've only seen it used once, I think, okay. and that was on the omnibus bill, I think, okay. from memory. The government said, right, we've had enough. Uh, it was like late, in, early in the morning, yeah. and they just... Up, which we thought was quite outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no consequences except for the media picking up on that. <clears throat> that's that's yeah, they, yeah. They have lots six. Of they have six. Yeah, but the crossbench has six too. But yeah, most people don't want to use it because it's quite uh, undemocratic. Yeah, and people have the right. One of the things about um, you know being a member of parliament is you have the right to speak on bills, right? And yeah. so stopping someone stating okay. their position is not cool. Yeah. Right. So sorry for the sidetrack. What no, happens no. after that? So the amendments go through or not, then is there a third reading? Yeah. So then there's a third reading uh, vote. So if, if it passes through that committee process, mm -hmm. then uh, it'll go through a third reading vote. Uh, if there's no amendments, then it will get sent to the governor for assent. Yeah. Which always gets assent. So, yeah. so that's it. Then it's done. Then it's done. So the way that people vote, and sometimes this has been a bit confused, like people will see there's a vote on the second reading and a vote on the third reading. So a strategy for someone might be, if I've got an amendment that I'm putting forward, so let's say I don't support the bill, mm. but I would support it if my amendment got in, yeah. I might vote for it on the second reading. Right. If my amendment fails, I'd vote against it on the third reading. Oh. So, that's so that might be something that you might do, for example, but people need to understand what you're doing there. You're not... Yeah, and usually members would get up and explain oh, okay. what they're doing. Uh, Why? So you have to vote for the second reading in order to get to the amendment section. If it doesn't pass the second reading, then the bill's knocked on the head. Oh, it's I see. Gone. Yeah, you don't want that either. Yeah, Yeah. so if you wanted, 
if you were going to support it with an amendment, then you would probably vote for it. Why not vote no, like in this case, right, before you tell us what the LDP are doing with amendments, why not vote no to knock the whole state of emergency extension down? Because that seems to be what you primarily want. Yeah. And then secondarily, if it still gets through, then vote, then put your amendments up. Why would you vote yes in the in the second reading? Uh, in this particular case, in this case, I, in this particular case, I wouldn't. I, I'd, be, no. I'd still be voting no on oh, the second okay. reading okay. because even if these amendments get through, I still wouldn't support the bill. Sure. Right. Okay. There you go. So the reasons that you put forward are amendments are either you want the bill to um, be improved to a point where you can support it. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm doing in this case. Uh, you might want to improve the bill. So even if you think it's terrible, you're trying to lessen some aspect of it. That's what I'm trying to That's do true. here. Okay, so you're telling me it's terrible. And this is why, right? Because this you brought to the studio today is, yep. what is this? So this is the uh, Victorian Ombudsman's report into the housing, it's got a very, very long title, yeah, but it's sure. their, her report into the housing tower lockdown and what happened there. And for those people that have been following me, you'll know that I've been talking for a long time about the proportionality of the emergency directions and their restrictions on human rights. Mm. Um, now, when I read through this report, when it came out in December, um, thick, quite thick, quite detailed, quite, quite awful, actually, some of the experiences that are documented in there of people in the housing towers. Wow. Um, but she basically said the same thing that I'd been saying, that um, the, uh, that, the response that the government took in this case was not the least restrictive of rights yes. um, and that she questioned uh, the legality of it. So, um, yeah, she was quite quite, yeah. quite damning and she came up with a whole series of recommendations. So, right. um, And this is where, yeah, okay. Yeah, so the, so ten, 10 main recommendations here. And but, you've honed in on a couple that you think really need to get into this state of emergency extension. Yeah, so one of the recommendations, so recommendation two, um, she actually recommended that the Public Health and Wellbeing Act be uh, amended. And this, coincidentally, happens to be the bill that they need to, happens to be the act that they need to amend to extend the state of emergency. And so what I thought is why don't we uh, implement the recommendation that the Ombudsman has put forward in this report? What are her recommendations? So one of the things that she said about so it's all to do with people being detained under the under the emergency powers, and she came up with uh, a few things that were highly deficient, very very basic human rights issues. So, firstly, um, the ability for someone to uh, appeal their detention. So she said, so we can't appeal right now. I think you can appeal to the CHO, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's not very clear, the sure. appeals process. So she said that they should be able to appeal either through the CHO or through VCAT. VCAT, yeah. Um, so we put forward part of the amendment to enable that. The other thing is to uh, enable anyone that's detained, they need to be given the reasons and the conditions on why they're being detained. Radical, as you can yeah. see. <laughs> Radical. And they need to be uh, given their rights, like told what their rights are and how they can appeal and this sort of thing in a language that they can understand. Right. Um, so this was a problem in the housing towers. Yeah. People didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, they weren't given information in a language that they could understand. Many of them were, um, you know, spoke English as a second language. 
Uh, a lot of these directions are highly technical. Even mm. if you're a proficient speaker of a second language, mm. you may not understand them very well. Mm. So this was uh, this was uh, an important thing and the ability to complain about it. So give them that information. So you've adopted that into the LDP's yep. amendment? So that's in the amendment as well, to give them that information on their rights and ability to review or complain. Uh, and also... Uh, give them access, the right to access to fresh air and exercise. So, yeah. So this is something that they didn't have. They were locked in their houses oh. for days. Um, yeah, so it, Wor- I mean, it's you pretty said, basic. Interesting off air, you said worse than prisoners. Yeah, well, prisoners have the right to fresh air and exercise. Um, I can't believe that you having to go and fight for fresh air and exercise for our people. That is nuts. Yeah, it's, it was... Um, yeah, it's pretty awful that, uh, you know, free citizens can be treated worse than prisoners. Uh, and that's pretty much what happened in the housing tower lockdown. You know, they had no access to fresh air and exercise. Uh, so... Is that the end of the amendments? Yep. Okay, so that's so, it. Very let, simple. So let me make this point. I am not... In, and it sounds like for these you as well, we're not interested in booting Dan out of parliament like some people are screaming about right now. What we're interested is interested in is maintaining the basic human dignity and welfare of our people in Victoria. That's what your amendments are about. So if this gets knocked on the head by Labor, this amendment by the LDP, what a scandal. Yeah, well, um, we're trying to make it so that, you know, like it would be, I can't see why you would want to oppose this. Now, the government, when they, when there's an amendment like this that, you know, it would look bad to oppose it. They usually come up with some technical reason why they can't oppose it. So, but you've made it pretty clean. Give yeah. Well, I think it's you know we've my team's worked really hard on it, and we've yeah. we've worked with the drafters at Parliament to try and uh, you know make it as straightforward as possible. So you know we think it's we don't think there's any major technical deficiencies with it. But okay. Well, watch this space. Just, I'm just setting it up so that when he does play silly buggers later on, if he does, and he tries to slam this down, we know we're trying to get people to have fresh air and exercise and the ability to know why they're in detention and to appeal to VCAT. I mean, basic mm. stuff. Very basic. All right. Uh, is that it for amendments? Shall we talk about the bombshell? Yes, yeah, so I th- think... Uh there will be other amendments, I think, from the Libs, but I haven't seen them yet, so okay. I don't know what they're going to do. So, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the bombshell that you told me about with the... Um... So we've all been calling for custom legislation to be made. It's lazy to just pick up your sledgehammer that you previously wrecked the economy with and just, don't worry, I'll be very light with the sledgehammer next time. Instead, create custom legislation or at least a new bill to edit the Public Health and Wellbeing Act in a way that allows you to run hotel quarantine, quarantine people where you need to, mandate certain things that you need to, but don't shut down the whole damn state, please. That's what we're all asking for. And this news you dropped on me 20 minutes ago, please share. I'm so happy about it. Yeah, so for a long time, the government's been saying, oh, we can't have this special legislation for quarantine. You know, we can't do it. It's too hard. And apparently in the background, there's been a bunch of senior lawyers that have said, well, we think that's bulldust. Uh, And they've proven that by coming up with some draft legislation. Very Um, senior. Can I say that they're QCs? Yes. Very senior. Well-experienced lawyers. Yeah. yeah. And so um, they reached out to me yesterday uh, 
I'm still going through what they're proposing, but effectively what it is is a sunsetted set of powers that mm. would sunset at the same time as the state of emergency, so mm. uh, December. December. <clears throat> gives them the ability to detain people for quarantine, yeah. um, gives them the ability to uh, compel people to wear masks on public transport, right. and they've also stated if there's other powers that the government needed for that period of time, then you know they could put them in there. Yeah. But what it would enable is the state of emergency to be ended immediately and go forward until December with these special powers. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Which sounds totally reasonable to Completely me. Completely reasonable. It's giving the government everything that they want. In the, Well, it's not giving them the blank check, but it's giving them the power to run hotel quarantine, do all those things that you said. Uh, again, I feel like it's... How can they possibly deny... How can they knock that down? What are they going to say? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the government's seen it yet or not or who's talking to the government about it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this will be a big... Uh, discussion thing next week, probably in the media, because um, they've proven that you can do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might say, "Well, you know, it doesn't give us all the powers we need," or yeah, um, they might have technical issues with it. But I mean, yeah. it seems pretty straightforward to me. It, you know, the, this idea that it's all too hard to come up with special legislation. I yeah. mean, this just blows that straight out of the water, right? Yeah. Because they've done it, and you know, they've said, you know. Maybe we haven't covered all the powers that you'd need, but it'd be pretty easy to put extra ones in here. You know, just put an extra clause in. It's all good. Yeah. It'll sunset in December. Yeah. So, you know, it's temporary stuff. It's not yeah. giving the government permanent powers, but, you know, they say they need quarantine until December. Well, okay, we'll give them the quarantine powers till December. You know, that's fine. You know, that seems pretty reasonable way of doing it to me. And, you know, wearing masks on public transport, okay. Some yeah. people don't like masks or whatever, but it doesn't seem like a, It's not a what we've deal. got now. Yeah, yeah. It's sledgehammer. yeah. Okay, and of course, as we were talking about it, it means they can't shut down our entire state again. People can't go beyond five, all that kind of stuff. It removes the sledgehammer, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the government's, even without emergency powers, they've already got, the the health department's already got the ability to shut down businesses. Mm -hmm. Like, not the entire state, but they've mm -hmm. got the ability to shut down specific businesses and areas. And they've, they, they use that quite commonly for things like restaurants with food poisoning, yep. like if there's an outbreak yep. or in a aged care facilities, sometimes they get um, food poisoning outbreaks and so sure. they'll, they'll shut it down and sure. then they send in inspectors and sure. stuff and fix it up and things like, you know, years ago, and this was like one of the things when the legislation was first brought in, there was a big case with like um, air conditioning towers had uh, Legionnaire's disease mm. and stuff and so they'd shut down buildings that had these. Sure. Sure. These are all reasonable things that you would expect a health department to yeah. do. So in the current case, you would think, you know, if there's businesses or whatever where there's an outbreak, they could shut them down sure. the same way. With existing avoid, laws. With yeah. existing powers, yeah. But this requires nuance. This requires a bit more work. Yeah. Well, they have to, you know, they can't just shut down the whole state without the emergency powers. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yeah. All right. So when, what's going to happen with this? Can you tell us any more about how should people follow that? What's going to happen? Look, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with it yet. I mean, I think people are just, getting their heads around it okay. at the moment. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be a bit of discussion about this next week. And, you know, I think people should challenge this idea that the government's putting forward yeah. that it's not possible to do this because it totally is possible. Yeah. Uh, and we need to be sceptical of the government's claim that, you know, they need these emergency powers to do what they need to do yeah. to manage the, manage the pandemic. So. Okay. 
Yeah. So for people to follow what happens with that, I guess, go to um, David Limbrick's uh, Facebook page or anywhere else. I don't know where else you are. You're on Twitter and stuff as well. Yeah, you? I'm on Twitter and Insta. I don't put a lot of stuff on Insta, but okay, I, Twitter or I Facebook. often get, I often uh, cause trouble on Twitter though. So oh, I need to follow him on Twitter. And also <laughs> Liberal Democratic, but ldp.org.au. So you can follow all of it there. Did we miss anything? That's that's it. Amendments? Yeah, I think so. Bill. All right. I, I'll let you give a final word as well. Let me give a final word. I don't see anything crazy about these amendments. These are literally giving the government everything they want. So I think we should put some pressure on and see if, see if the government does knock back these sensible amendments, at least give us a solid reason why. Uh, don't let them get away with this. Do you want to close us out? Yeah. Look, I think... Uh it's been clear to me for a long time now that I don't trust the government to use these uh, emergency powers responsibly. I'm not convinced that their actions are proportionate and the least restrictive of the rights of Victorians. Uh, a good alternative would be to uh, come up with some specific legislation. Also, I think um, these amendments that I'm putting forward to add in some basic protections from human rights um, should be supported by everyone. I can't see why uh, the government or anyone else for that matter would want to uh, oppose what the Ombudsman's uh, suggesting here. It's very, very conservative and sensible change to make, I think. So I hope that we can get support for these amendments to protect basic human rights of Victorians. Mm -hmm.